Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in thee. All his wonderful and purity. Oh, thou Spirit divine, all my nature refined, silver beauty of Jesus, the seen in oh, thou Spirit. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen. We want to bless God for such a wonderful day, uh, for his sustaining grace, and for bringing us all here together in fellowship. And uh, we thank God for what he's doing in his church. And even in his created universe, we thank him that we can now kind of get a little bit closer to normalcy. And uh, we have an announcement to give uh, today so that we can all know we're in perspective of the church, where we head in with regards to the protocols of this pandemic. And we give God all glory for what he's done, even in these trial times. Amen. We began last week and we said we were going to delve into a series that we have entitled The Bearing Fruit, The Marks of Spiritual Growth. Bearing Fruit, The Mark of Spiritual Growth. And before I begin, I am honored and privileged to have in our midst, I know he said he didn't want an invitation, but I just can't do that. <laughs> a great man of God, one of our own. Uh, a, a born, bred, COP son, uh, who is also a professor of New Testament in Gordon-Cornwall College. Uh, I think some of you know that school. He's got great news for us, uh, but we will talk of the church, and then we'll see what the Lord has installed for his church. Uh, but he is here to fellowship with us. Um, and so please, church, help me welcome my professor, a friend, Dr. Daniel Dalkun. Let's give a mighty hand to the Lord. 
Doc, hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. This is PRWC. Back to your roots. Amen. So, we did mention or we laid some few principles and foundations as to what growing, so to speak, actually entails. And last week we mentioned that unlike natural growth where it's based on independence, as in as a person becomes a child, he learns to grow, he learns to talk, he learns to live by himself or herself, and detaches from the parent and then begin to settle somewhere. In our calculation, that is a sign of growth or maturity because the person can now live on, or by himself or by herself. And I remember prophesying on all those of you that are still attached to your parents, we pray some super grace upon you. Hallelujah. Oh, your amen is weak. Hallelujah. So that you would also leave. And in no time we pray that grace that you would cleave to someone and be independent, a sign of maturity. But when we talk about spiritual growth, we mentioned that it is the direct opposite. Because it is more dependent on our father, our parent. And we did say that the spirit of God who draws us closer to Jesus wants us to constantly be closer intimately with Christ. So that the work with which he is doing in our lives in terms of spiritual growth will resemble the true character of Christ Jesus. In other words, the farther you are away from Christ, the less likely you would be like Christ. But the closer you are to Christ, the more likely your character would be like Christ. And in that sense, you are growing spiritually by the measure of the stature of Christ Jesus. And we pray. And as we go through this series, the Spirit of God will cause us to be closer, dependent, intimately, having relationship with Christ and his indwelling spirit. So we just want to continue because we lend it to bearing fruit, the measure or the mark of spiritual growth. Every believer is expected to grow. That is God's creative order that all things that have life would what? produce after its own kind. So if we are born of the Spirit, then we have no choice but to produce the things of the Spirit. What gave birth to us, what is the seed that is in us, is what will grow and begin to manifest the fruit thereof. And therefore we pray in the name of Jesus that as we study this, we give way for the Holy Spirit to do his thing in us. Oh, hallelujah. Now we will bear more fruit, that which looks like Christ, manifesting the beauty of Jesus, even in our midst. Amen. So turn with me to Galatians 5 and 19 to 25, even as we delve into this fruit of the Spirit, using it as a mark or a measure of spiritual growth. Galatians chapter 5. Reading from verses 19 all the way down to 25. This is the New King James Version. Let's hear the word of God. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, 
contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And he goes on to say, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he contrasts that with what is the intention of our calling, the desire of God concerning every believer because of the indwelling spirit. So verse 22, the Bible says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says, against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in a spirit, verse 25, then let us walk in the spirit. Shout a big amen. Oh, hallelujah. Few things we want to lay down with regards to the fruit of the spirit, and then hopefully we'll begin to tackle them one by one as the spirit grants us utterance and time. Number one, know that it is one fruit. And so you notice that it is that the fruits of the spirits are, it says the fruit singular of the spirit is. Now there is one fruit with many characteristics manifesting in this beauty that is in Christ Jesus. It is a unified whole fruit manifesting in this context nine characteristics. The fruit of the spirit is singular. Dr. Daku is saying in Greek, karpos, as in fruit singular, not fruits thereof, but one which then manifests in different beauty that is in Christ Jesus. Number two, the dynamics of the fruit is produced by the indwelling spirit, not by the believer. In other words, you yourself cannot produce the fruit of the spirit. You can't work the fruit of the spirit except that which is in you and cultivating this fruit does so for you. And so as we avail ourselves, as we become responsive to his promptings, as we give ourselves up to him, he works in us so that all the filth is gone and he replaces it with the beauty of Christ Jesus. And therefore, we begin to manifest that is within us. And people will see it manifest outwardly, but they don't know the source thereof. It's not our moral ground to follow, not some rules and regulations to do X, Y, Z, but that which is working internally begins to burst forth in an outward manifestation. Oh, hallelujah. And therefore, we pray that even as we are here in his presence, we avail ourselves for the Holy Spirit to work in us, cultivate in us that fruit of the Spirit, that which would manifest the true beauty of Christ Jesus. I call it a finished masterpiece that comes from the plant of the Holy Spirit. Whereas you have a station, you have a manufacturing plant, you have a factory where God calls his people and puts them there and then the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to work on you. 
Turn your old self into this new self that resembles Christ Jesus. That's it. So people will see you and say, boy, I knew you back in the days. But there's something unique about you. It's not because all of a sudden you decided to do some 10 steps to become a good Christian and you followed it. No, because that is temporary. That is just still going back like you're following the Lord. That shall not do. That shall don't. That shall this, right? No, but now the Spirit himself is changing you from the inside. Your mindset is changing. Your perception to life is changing. Your attitude that you would have manifested if something else were to happen back in the days has now changed. Why? Because you are becoming more and more and more like Christ. I said last week that when we were young, SU days, we had that band and t-shirt, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That is what the Holy Spirit is trying to make us to be. If Jesus were to be in these circumstances, what do you think his reaction would have been? And that is what he's trying to work in us. So it's not we forcing ourselves to manifest the fruit, but that which is in us changes our dynamics and our way of doing things. And we begin to resemble more and more like Christ Jesus. Number three, it is essential to know that it is barely and simply living out the Christ in us. That's it. Living out the Christ in us. Born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all that day long. So if somebody is saying, what narrative are we going to be writing about you? What story are we going to write about you? What would men say if they read in you and say, I know this guy from childhood up to this day. There is a story. There is a narrative about him. What would that person write? It is the Christ that has now indwelled you, lived in you by his spirit. That begins to manifest all the outward characteristics. And we pray that we give way for the spirit to do that. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's get into the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, and peace. And let's see if we will be able to go through the first three today and hopefully jump into the other six as God grants us grace. Love, the fruit of the spirit is love. Oh, turn to your neighbor and says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, hallelujah. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. What is love? I have one simple definition here. To love is to seek another person's good or interest. Very simple definition. I'm sure there's much more detail in it. Two years ago, we spent a whole month or so to do the love series. And so this is probably just a recap, just to kind of jog our memories and to ignite that seed that was sown in that series in us. To seek the interest of another person or another person's good, especially when you don't intend to receive anything back. Some of you are a little bit too young, but let me try. Those of you that can remember, back in the days when we were not found by disgrace and we were doing our own filthy things, right? There used to be a song that says what? It feels good loving somebody. 
when somebody loves you back? How many of you remember that? How many of you remember that? Oh, you guys are acting all sanctimonious. You have danced to that song many, many years ago. <laughs> and, and he will say, I don't like a what? I don't like a 2080 love. I don't want a 3070 love. I don't want a 4060 love. I want a 5050 love. In other words, you give me, I give you. Isn't it? Quid pro quo. But here, the Lord is telling us that he ends so. You are seeking the deeds, the good interest, the, 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 the well-being of another person without necessarily expecting anything back. I call it the in spite of love as opposed to the because of love. I love him because he loves me back. I love him because he is kind to me. I love him because... You know, the last time I came to church, he gave me some $50 for McDonald's. But even if there was none of those, I still love the person. In spite of love. Romans 5, 6 to 8. Romans 5, 6 to 8. This is what Paul wrote concerning the demonstration of God's love to us who did not deserve for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for who? The ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man once will die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God demonstrates. Remember how he says not demonstrated, but demonstrate. In other words, active, still doing it. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, hallelujah. The love of God that continues to give and give and give even when we don't give zip back. The same spirit, the same seed is what is in us. And therefore, God expects that as we allow the Spirit to do what he does best, we too will develop this fruit, love, in spite of. Gospel of John 13, 34 to 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Look at verse 35. By this... All will know that you are my disciples. And if you love one another. Somebody were to walk in here, I told you two years ago, that they ought to feel and smell and discern love. Look, one of our logos, it says, PRWC, a place of love. And so that's what we are portraying ourselves to be as people of God. If somebody were to walk in here, if you invited a friend or somebody were just to pop in here, that person ought to discern, feel, sense, love, oozing all over the place. Why? Because those in here manifest love. They love each other. So when the person walks in and says, my goodness, there's some great aura in this place. I can see love amongst the brethren. And so Jesus says, this is my new commandment for you. 
Just as I have loved you, you also love one another. Not only that, but that is a mark, a distinct measure that people will know that you are my disciples. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you again, sister. I love you again, brother. Oh, hallelujah. 1 John 4, 7 to 11. Apostle Paul says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of who? God. And knows God. Let me repeat that again. P-A-W-C, let us love one another, for love is of our Father, God. And everyone who loves is born of God, is a child of God. And he knows God. So the opposite is also true. Anybody who does not love does not know God and is not born of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's what it is. Hence, we ought to love because we proclaim to be children of God. Verse 8 says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifest towards us. God demonstrated his love. Again, just like the Romans scripture we read. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. We are living through Christ. In other words, as he loves we follow suit as he walks we follow just as christ we are living through him in this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins beloved if god so loved us we also ought to love one another oh you want to say to your neighbor again i love you even more i love you even more i love you even more hallelujah that is the foundational basics of our faith when we didn't deserve my god if i would have cast your mind back five years ago ten years ago fifteen years ago some of you just yesterday stuff that you did and so this god through his son christ i still love you Come, let's reason together. Love. Love. And therefore, if the Spirit of God lives in us, the same Spirit that lived in Christ is the same Spirit that lives in us, then we are to allow Him to cultivate in us love. Love that resembles that of Christ Jesus. Now, as I said, it is not the believer's task to produce the fruit, because you can't. There's nothing in you that is glorious except that which indwells you. When you allow him, then he produces what is glorious. And so the source of love, 1 John 4, 12 to 16. Let's take a quick look at that. 1 John 4, 12 to 16. The scripture says, no one has seen God at any time. Let that sink into your spirit a little bit. If we love one another, God abides in us. Let's stay right there. 
No one has seen God. But if we begin to love one another, it is an indication that his presence lives in us. Oh, hallelujah. That's a, that's a deep statement. In other words, if I manifest and demonstrate love to my neighbor, my brother, my sister, strangers, they will see God even through me. Because love is of God. And God is love. It says God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. Verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us who? His spirit. The fruit of the spirit. It is he who cultivates this love of God through Christ Jesus that we're talking about. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as a Savior to the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And check 16 out. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us because God is love and he who abides in love abides in who? God. And God in him. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You want to know the God in me? Check my love out. That's what it's saying. You want to measure my level of growth in this call as a Christian? Check how I manifest love. Not how I blow in tongues, though it's great. Not how I even manifest or demonstrate the giftings of healing and discerning and all that. It's great. Remember, those are demonstration of charismata, the giftings. But this is the manifestation of the fruit character of the spirit. And it is he, that spirit, that indwells us, that cultivates this. We pray that the Lord will cause us to avail ourselves to him and make him work love in us. Some of you, I don't know the last time you told your spouse, even your spouse, babe, I love you. Hello? I know Jason is sitting with his wife, so I know he, he's just going to say it right now, but babe, I love you. It's even so hard to open our mouth to speak. Don't you know that in the abundance of the heart, the mouth then speaks? What is in here, that is not coming out. It means if we were to check in there and measure, the measure of love is a little, this, or perhaps it's not what you think is love. Because some of us, well, I'll put a roof on your head, i buy you clothes. I even bought you bling bling Mother's Day. The ladies will say, Father's Day is coming, I did you good. And so we interpret those things to be a demonstration of love. Let's let the Holy Spirit work on us. Oh, hallelujah. We're still talking about the source of love. Turn with me to Romans 1. I mean, Romans 5, 1 to 5. Romans 5. And I just want to read the 1 all the way to 5 so we get a perspective in context. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have access by faith into his grace in which we stand 
and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And now check verse 5 out. Now hope does not disappoint. Why? Why does hope not disappoint? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. It is God who teaches us how to love. He pours his love so much into us that as we avail, and he keeps pouring, he keeps pouring, he keeps pouring until we overflow. We have no choice, but as we walk, we are oozing love, oozing, oozing love. That is what this is. It is God through his spirit that teaches us how to love. Now, let's look at the character of love. So we know that God is teaching us. He is a source because he himself is love. He's given us a spirit of love and the spirit of love keeps pouring into us this character of love. What then, quickly, is the character of love? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 8. And then we will jump to the 13th verse. Now you, you, you realize that this is after Paul had actually talked extensively about the charismata, right? The giftings. And then towards the end he says, but let me show you an excellent way. All right, so he's, he's trying to tell us that what he's about to say is better, so to speak. And so 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. He begins by saying, though I speak, with tongues of men, of angels, but have not love, I become like a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. Now, he just spoke about somebody speaking in diverse tongues as a charismatic gift. It says, even if I have that, and I can speak both that of men and even angels, but I lack love, I become just a noise. I'm a brass and a cleansing symbol. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy, charismatic gift, and understand all mysteries, discerning of all things, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and all the knowledge, and though I have all faith, power, gift, so that I could even remove mountains, but have not love. What does it say? I am nothing. You want to be somebody in this kingdom? Love. Oh, hallelujah. Love. I am nothing. Because all those things should have their foundation on love. It is a spirit of love which Christ keeps allowing him to pour of himself into us. The same spirit is the one that gives us these charismatic giftings to be able to operate for his glory. But if the basis of that, if the foundation of that, if the ethos of that is not love, then it means it's not of God because it might be dependent on something else. Maybe because I want to show that I'm all that, right? Love says I'm nothing. Check this out. And although I bestow my goods to feed the poor, this is kind of baffling to me. And though I give my body to be burnt, 
but have not love, it profits me nothing. How can somebody do all this stuff and still not have love? Think about it. That's why Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. You know them. So they can do all these outward stuff, good stuff, godly stuff, seemingly, but the substance that drives them to do that is not of God because it's not based on love. I'll give you one example. In our case here in America, hey, I got some old suits there. I got some old shirts there. I got some old shoes there and all that, right? When I take them to Salvation Army and I get a little slip, what do you think I can do with tax season? Yellow. Tax, oh, you see, we got an accountant here. Tax deduction. My motive of doing that, though it shows as if I'm giving to the poor, right? That's the spirit behind it. But for me, it is for what? Tax deductible. Tax deduction. And so you have plenty of people doing acts of benevolence, which is great. We thank God that they have been blessed to be able to do that. But not all of them are doing it just because they love the poor. Because that kind of love only comes from God. And if it's not cultivated in you, the motive of you demonstrating all these things may be something else. What motivates you to do the act of benevolence may not be because the Spirit of God lives in you and He's cultivating the fruit of love. You may just be doing it because you need a tax deductible. And we pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that as we manifest love, it would be because we have been matured perfected by this love through the spirit that indwells us. Oh, hallelujah. Look at verse 4. If all these things are not love, then what is love? So the first part kind of talks about, if you will, the charisma of love. Verse 4 is what I call the character of love. How does love show himself? How can I identify love? It says, love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own interest. Remember the definition we gave in the beginning? Seeking the interest of the other without necessarily expecting anything back. Love is not provoked. Love does not think of evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Oh, somebody say, love never fails. Hallelujah, love never fails. The question is, if love never fails, how come you're divorced when you said you love that man? Think about it. Think about it. You, bro, how come that has failed since you said you love that woman? Let the spirit cultivate that in you. It suffers long. It's kind. does not envy. does not parade itself. does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It will baffle you that even in married couples there seem to be an element of envy. Married people. Let me repeat that. 
It will shock you, and I'm not talking even worldly marriage. It will shock you that us, within us as believers, we give way for the enemy to infiltrate and sow his own little seeds in there. And even you are envy of your own wife, you are envious of your own husband. May God grant us grace. May God grant us grace. Love never fails. The part that I want to emphasize here quickly, and then we'll move on. Says, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Lately, in our post-modern post, post contemporary world, there seemed to be this philosophy thing about love is love. I think you've read and seen it so many places. All love is love, so, you know, just leave people alone. Really? What are you loving? That is love. Usually when people say that, they are in defense of maybe some act or behavior or lifestyle in which they find themselves in. No. Love is of God. And so anything that should boast and put on a coat of love must look by God, must manifest the things of God. So when you are in some sort of lifestyle and your defense is, well, hey, love is love. No. That's an error. We believe that man has no means of knowing how to love except that God sows the seed of love in us. And that seed resembles his very nature and character. Which means anything in his word that we can read and see that this is how God is. This is what he wants us to do. This is what he desires for us. It's what we try to aspire. If we do anything contrary to that and we hide behind the scenes, as well, love is love. Well, is love for me smoking marijuana and drinking and fornicating? Because I love to fornicate. So it's love too, right? Isn't it? Not for us. Our measure... Of growth is based on how closer more we look like Christ and the Spirit is constantly sowing the seed in us it says it does not rejoice in iniquity so when a sister is going through some bad behavior love her but teach her to correct his or her ways because it doesn't rejoice in iniquity what does he rejoice in in truth. In truth. Skip to verse 13. It says, Now abides faith, hope, and love. These three things. But the greatest is what? Love. That's it. We need faith to be saved. We need faith to, you know, appropriate the word of God in this dispensation. There's going to come a time where we don't need that anymore because we'll be up there. We hope for the glory of God and the glorious appearance of him that he will take us to the place where he is. Because his promise is what? I go to prepare a place for you. When I'm done, I'll come get you. That's our hope. But well, guess what? When he comes to get us, there's nothing else to hope. But guess what would abound forever? Love. Love. Because he himself is love. In heaven, where he is, the whole place is filled with love. Allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate in you. Allow him. Because if you were left alone, boy, that sister really gave it to you last week. Pastor, are you telling me to love her again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But it's not you just wanting to. But the spirit in you compels you to. It teaches you to. It grants you the ability to. So you still love her in spite of what had happened last week. He says, I love you anyways. I still love you. If we're able to do these things, then Jesus says, then people will know that ye are my disciples. Ye are my disciples. And you are grown and matured in the things of the Lord. We just want to wrap up today and then we just want to continue even with joy. But as a prelude to joy, let me just put this in there as a teaser so that we can all get our antenna spiritually on. Joy is defined as a cheerful calmness of the soul. Joy is a calm delight. The outward may look something bleak, but inwardly the person is rejoicing. How is that possible? It's because the spirit in you begins to trigger, cultivate joy, deep joy. Joy like a river, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. Joy like a river, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul is bubbling in you. Meanwhile, the outside looks really horrible. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How, bro? Are you sure? Really? Seriously? Yeah, I don't know how. Something is bubbling inside of me. That nothing on the outside seems to move me. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. And we are praying that as we go through this, may God cultivate in us these fruits. It's one fruit, but then manifesting in this beautiful character of Christ Jesus. And so not until we have demonstrated all night, we can't say that we have landed. He's still working on us. He's still working on us. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he reveal even deeper things of his word unto us. But as we desire to grow in him, we would also avail ourselves for the spirit that indwells us to cultivate the fruit that is in Christ Jesus. The beauty that is seen in Jesus also in us. Be on your feet. Be on your feet. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's begin to ponder over the word for a minute. Let it sink deep into your soul. You have the indwelling spirit in you. The same spirit that was in Christ. He left it for us. And one of the things that he's supposed to do is to cultivate in us fruit that are exemplary lives and character that was seen in Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, thou spirit divine, all mine nature refine till there beauty of Jesus be seen in 
you don't mind, just lift your hands unto him. Let the beauty, let the beauty of Jesus receive in me. Oh, all his wondrous compassion and purity. Spirit divine, oh, thou Spirit divine, oh, nature refined, yeah, silver, beauty of Jesus, see. talk to Jesus let my spirit be refined may my beauty resemble Jesus till the beauty of Jesus is seen in me lift your mouth and begin to talk to him somebody Father we pray in the name of Jesus cultivate this fruit in us let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. We avail ourselves unto you. We give ourselves unto you. Move in our lives, O oh God. Refine our lives, O oh God. Restore yourself in us. Mosika bandori my underbos, masa pranda la basi Continue to speak to him, somebody. You need that life. You need that refining. You need that restoration. May the spirit of God have His way in us. Cultivate Himself in us. Mando in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. You are sitting by your neighbor and you are just closed. Just hold hands. That's okay. Hold hands. Hmm. We want to pray that God, may we see the beauty in each other. May we see your glory in each other. May we see your worth in each other. So that when we love, we love because you first loved us. In spite of, I love that brother, I love that sister. Because he's my family. The same spirit that is in me resides in him. Yes, Lord. Mm, move in this place, Holy Spirit. Some of you, you have been just holding that grudge for so long. 
so long. Spouses, you have been holding that grave for so long. Even perhaps this morning coming to church is still there. Feathering a little bit. Festering a little bit. Love covers a multitude of iniquities and errors. Allow the spirit to move in our midst. I can see in you the glory of the Lord. I love you. Hey, I can see in you the glory of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. Brother, I love you with the love of the Lord. Sister, I love you with the love of the Lord. Oh, I can see in you the glory of the Lord. I love you. I can see in you. to love in spite of cultivate in me that kind of love choose to love because of that indwelling bubbling of your spirit overflowing in love in me that I can't stop but to love yes you hurt me yes you hurt me yes I'm so angry on him but Lord may that love overflow and cover all the multitudes of wrong. Lift your mouth and begin to pray, somebody. Cultivating us, O God. Compel us to love. Compel us to love. Compel us to love. Compel us to love. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I can see in you the beauty of the Lord, yeah. I love you with the love of the Lord. You're watching me from home. You may be wondering what's going on. 
We have an encounter with this King Jesus. He picked us up from the merry clay, plant our feet on a rock, cleanse us of all our iniquities, and he is constantly sowing a seed of himself in us so that we will grow to manifest exactly as he is. If you hear you want to have that relationship with him, it's very simple. It says, with your heart you receive, your mouth you confess unto salvation. Brother, sister, you're watching me. Come as you are. You don't need to change before you come to Christ. You come as you are and he changes you. If your heart is convicted this morning, I just want to pray with you. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for showing me how to love. This day, I confess that I'm a sinner and I am in need of a savior. Because of my sins, he came to die on the tree. And therefore on this day, I accept you. I accept your love. I accept your grace. My master, my Lord, my savior, come and dwell in me. Let the spirit take control of me begin to cultivate these character which is in the fruit of your spirit I thank you for saving me in Jesus name Amen brethren if you said this prayer you have been justified you cross from one place to the other and God's love is beginning to unfold in you oh hallelujah so father we bless you we thank you for your word move in our midst let this word, oh God, continue to bubble in our souls. Let we not rest until it has found a place of sitting deeply established so that that which you want to do within us, you will have your way to do it. At the end of it all, all glory and honor will be ascribed unto you. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Shout a big amen. amen. Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts.